me, Alex, and Dan are locked down here in our podcasting uh, quarters. And musicians these days are looking for new income streams. And one of those options is uh, sponsorships with major corporations. And what better thing to do an ad for right now than a touring van? Uh, There's a really great article on Business Insider this week about uh, how an L.A. band completed a tour around North America in a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van. (laughs) That's some of the most insane shit I've ever heard. I need proof. I need GPS receipts. Well, I mean, there there is proof. They were able to go across the country in a van. There's a a lot of photographic proof in this article of of the Mercedes Sprinter van and said band in different locations on their tour and uh it could be green screened could be they could be yeah. <laughs> they could be bidening uh this entire article it's funny because like business insider i didn't realize that they're basically on the level of buzzfeed where there's more pictures than words you know yeah actually, uh, that makes sense though i saw this on twitter and uh i was like i went back into their feed to try and find the article because i couldn't remember whether i like quote tweeted or what like whatever i wanted to just find the article again and i realized that they business insiders twitter feed posts an article every hour basically on the hour cool yeah i guarantee it's automated and they're just cycling through them yeah it's a lot of content that's how this article feels i actually okay so i'm looking at the article now and i actually feel really bad for this woman who wrote it because she has a byline on it and i would like if I had to write this, I would feel mortified about having my name on it. I would be like, just take it off. I don't think she's on Cause Twitter because I, I actually looked for <laughs> looked for on Twitter and she's not on there. So maybe it's a maybe it's a pseudonym, you know? God, I would hope so. <laughs> maybe it's like th- this article reads like it was written by like Hans Beckford, who lives in uh, Frankfurt on Main and like works for the Mercedes-Benz company in a PR uh, capacity. Yeah, exactly, dude. <laughs> Alias Brittany Chang. But she's real, and she's written articles. A lot of her articles seem to be just PR for Tesla and SpaceX. Hmm. Uh, yacht companies. The Lexus supercar Paris Hilton got for her 30th birthday is now on sale for almost $500,000. See inside. <laughs> oh, interesting. Cool. I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if she was hired specifically as like one of the people who do branded content. You know, I love... She, uh, she keeps doing articles about Mercedes-Benz Sprinter vans. Yeah, it's guaranteed so they paid for a set of them. This isn't like, the first time she's written about that specific car model. Oh, you're right. Yeah, the related articles have other ones about it. It's so cool. If you're a journalist, like, I have friends who are journalists, and I feel like they, you know, if you become a journalist, you you have a passion for, like, one topic in particular. Like, Seymour Hirsch, for instance, you know, exposing corruption, um, uh, Yasha Levine, like, like taking down... Uh, oligarchs in the central valley in california um and then Brittany chang has a passion for mercedes-benz cars and when they are on yeah <laughs> when they're on sale and uh and if you should buy them or not now as someone who worked for groupon though i uh have sympathy for her because i'm sure this was not what she planned yeah but um I think in this article, the only thing that outnumbers all the pictures is just the mentions of the word sprinter. Like if you control F sprinter, she mentions it, she mentions it at least like 14 times. Yeah. There's probably a a stipulation in the contract that she has to use it a set number of times and use specific phrases. It's uh, very transparent. I didn't think business insider was that bad. Like I knew it's not a good website, but I didn't think it would be 
at that point of openness about uh, sponsored content with no disclaimer on it. I think if you're the kind of person who reads Business Insider, though, then you're the kind of person who thinks this is how journalism should be done. Of like, well, they got to make a buck, you know? It's true. It's easy to uh, to go inside a business. It's no problem. You just like you go into Home Depot. You just walk in there. Yeah, it's uh, it's getting out that's hard because if you know, like sometimes they won't let you leave. They call the police. Say you're making a, a fuss. Um, the thing that, like, I didn't actually get the um, the most obvious thing about this article, which is that it's an ad for Mercedes-Benz Sprinters at first. What I got from it at first was just, like, just a boiling ball of white-hot rage when I was <laughs> reading through this. Because, because the, the way the article is lined out is essentially... Electric Guest, the band that is showing Mercedes in the article, the band that's going on tour in a un, in a unconverted, I don't even know what the that means. Unconverted, like there's there's no bed in it or something. I don't know. But um, yeah, why would you need one bed in the van? Yeah, where the whole band sleeps what, like, with what, their names on the headboard. Ex- exactly, with their with their feet sticking out of a little hatch and uh, yeah. But um, but yeah, uh, the. The sort of hook of this article um, is that is that they're kind of roughing it in a sprinter, but it's doable, and that to me is just fucking insane. Like Wolf Raid tours in a sprinter, and that's nice for us. That's like we occasionally do bus tours, but lately we mainly tour in a sprinter because it's economical, it's easier on the environment. We've got a small crew, and it's. Compared to how most bands tour, a sprinter is like the lap of luxury. Yeah, that's like the main thing that's so funny about the writing because it's very tone deaf. But like, like I remember the first time I saw a sprinter van in my life was I was a teenager, it was maybe in my late teens, and there was uh, this band Quicksand played in Victoria. They're like a you know like a old hardcore band, uh, and they pulled up in a sprinter and it had a TV in it, and I was mortified. I was like, these guys are fucking sellouts. Uh, <laughs> what year was this? Uh, would have been like 90, 95, 96, maybe? A little later? Yeah, it's the peak of worrying about sellouts. Oh, so it was VHS. It was probably VHS, yeah. <laughs> Just. I wonder what was in there. Maybe Jerry Maguire? Hmm. If it's after 2001 and there's a TV in your car, Shrek is in there. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jura- maybe Jurassic Shrek Park. Shrek is the DVD in there. Yeah, maybe Jurassic Park. Ace Ventura. Uh, Con Air. Yeah, I like I like the writing in this article. It's just so weird. Like many camper van enthusiasts use the Mercedes-Benz Sprinter as their van conversion body of choice for traveling. Like it's so clinical and weird and It's also Camper just, Van Enthusiasts, is that what bands are? I guess so. It's just totally tone deaf to the actual art of touring, which is or art of touring, to the the job of touring. Which Electric Guest, the band, also seemed completely fucking out to lunch on. Like, uh, there's a there's a photograph of them in the van, normal band van, and it says, uh, "This means I guess they mean touring in the Sprinter. This means the duo and the two other musicians who play with them while on tour need to share the three passenger row Sprinter while on the road." And then you find out that the two uh, full time band members get their own row. So they get three seats to themselves each. And the fucking musicians that tour with them and their crew have to snuggle up in the front row. 
behind the driver man. and the tour manager. And that's not cool, man. You could just move, you, you know, you could move some of those people around. You could, everybody could have a little bit of space. Man, that's a great detail to pick up on because like it reveals, uh, like there is like some sociology going on in this article besides the product placement. Of, oh, absolutely. These guys have like a, a fucking cast system on the road, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm listening to this band now and it sucks. It's just like generic uncanny valley dance pop. It's like the chain smokers. That was my exact guess without being willing to listen to them. <laughs> Just completely nondescript, forgettable. Ugh. Don't send them on the road. Keep them wherever they are. Shelter in place. Don't spread it. Shelter in place for any band that just is like cookie cutter by the numbers. If they spread across the country, it could be millions of people hearing that shit yeah <laughs> man so yeah touring across north america in an unconverted sprinter isn't always easy and glamorous according to the duo in fact takone said glamorous shouldn't even be a word to describe life on the road it's <laughs> it's it's mostly 23 hours of traveling and waiting and then a one-hour show that's fucking touring that's being on <laughs> yeah. tour you idiot. Like, Glamorous shouldn't even be a word to yeah. describe it. What's the, yeah. That's a stupid <laughs> phrasing. It's fucking, that is what being a band, that's what being in a band that can sell out the Metro and in Chicago is. That's what everyone, that's what mid-sized bands do. I mean, it does, it does it's not amazing, like it sucks, yeah, to be stuck in a van all day. But I, I, I feel like what happened with this band is at one point, when the money taps were still turned on and like post 2010, they were touring in a bus and then they had to downgrade and uh, Mercedes-Benz sponsored this tour. <laughs> and they're, they're dealing with now the reality that every band that kind of worked up from the bottom has to deal with and worse. Because if they think touring in a Sprinter is bad, you know, most people are touring, yeah, in, a, in like, I remember the first Wolf Parade touring band had the suspension was coming up through the floor you know it was <laughs> it was like unheated uh barely where it smelled like gas all the time uh the benches were just like medieval torture devices and we had that van for at least a year and then we got another worse van that had some kind of unidentifiable mold in it that we kept trying to kill but could never kill it <laughs> you know uh operators touring van is a 90 was a 96 econoline that belonged to like four other bands you know yeah i think that's like the more normal experience in general yeah yeah every popular band has a story like that yeah like these guys kind of rode a wave maybe to start higher up than they should have and now this is their way down is like oh let's do the sponsorship with this like i'm curious yeah, yeah you're probably right that they had gotten in touch with mercedes-benz specifically but i wonder too it could have gone the other way right of like it, it was, having a publicist reach out to get the article like be the ones in the article or i don't know i actually i have another theory that just occurred to me um which is so they have this 21 day tour that I was looking at on their Facebook page and touring I mean touring right now in the United States at least pre pre coronavirus is expensive like before gas prices plummeted uh touring is you know your major expense is going to be van rental and crew and fuel and and hotels so I'm I'm assuming that their manager was just like oh I know how to wipe like seven and a half grand off the budget 
I'm gonna reach out and see if I can get the van sponsored. So, but then the yeah, catch is, <laughs> you have to fucking publicly humiliate yourself in Business Insider. Yeah. <laughs> Someone should do this with Uber. They should do a tour around North America where they do it entirely by Uber. <laughs> and then Just getting them piling amps into some guy's van and then getting him to drive you as far as you can get him. Yeah. Just paying him more and more money. Uh, Come on, man. It's only another 12 hours. He's just crying by the end of it. like yeah, yeah, when he gives up, you just get a new one. Yeah. One time, uh, me and my friend did a bit where we were at like a pizza place, and we finished our meal and everything. We're like, damn, dude, I want to fucking go to Disney World. And then he called up an Uber to Disney World from Chicago, and it allowed <laughs> him to like click, uh, like find the ride and shit. And it was actually finding a driver. Oh my and we god. We were like, oh shit. <laughs> we like canceled it. The guy was willing to do it. I, I know, yeah, right? Like, why did someone click accept? But Maybe he wants to go to Disneyland. I'm, I was very curious what was going to happen next of like, will the app just allow you to do that? Someone more bold than us needs to take it to that next level and find out. Well, they should have a thing like that where someone's going from Chicago to Disneyland, but they want someone else in the cars to uh, <laughs> Uber to pool, pay the yeah. 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 <laughs> I just I do a pool for a huge road trip with strangers. I just I just found an amazing part of this article that I that I need to share with you guys. Uh, life in the van isn't always safe either. Someone once threw rocks through one of the windows of electric guest van while in Manchester, England, in an attempted break-in. Luckily, nothing was stolen. I would say maybe they weren't trying to break in. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they were just in Manchester and people were throwing rocks at their van. Yeah. That sounds Someone like something that would happen. taking there. the piss. Yeah. I think getting back to the idea, though, that they had to like humiliate themselves for this article... At least it was in Business Insider where no one who gives a shit about any band is going to actually like happen upon this naturally, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, it, it broke quarantine and a bunch of people saw it. Yeah. <laughs> I am curious who Business Insider and Mercedes-Benz thought was going to read this, though. Because like what like band that's actually interested in this van is going to be finding it on Business Insider? Or was the goal to reach Business Insider's audience and seem edgy, like even bands like this? Maybe. I mean, even as a... It doesn't really work uh, sort of contained to itself, you know? Because the whole text of like the interview with Electric Guest is that it was difficult for them to tour in a sprinter, but they did it. But the article's trying to sell you a sprinter. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Like, they're roughing it out there. Um, the yeah, whole, it's, it's very bewildering. The whole vibe of the article has a, a how much can a banana cost, possibly cost thing. Yeah, good it. call. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. I'm trying, not, I'm trying not to make fun of these guys, but it's just, it's, oh, it's so hard. It, it's just like everything on it, and it seems like baby's first tour, you know? Like, uh... There's a quote that's like, mental health can be just as important as physical health on tour. Quote, you're with your mind a lot, Takone said. I am listening to the Dharma talk about some uh, about something and just keeping the mind as balanced as it can be. I don't know, man. Shut the hell up. Yeah, seriously, yeah. <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, sit down in the van and shut up. Sit down in the van, make some jokes with your friends. You uh, you probably have a, you'll have a morning where you wake up and get out of the hotel and you'll be worried that you're getting sick and you'll sit in the van and you'll be uncomfortable and you want to kill yourself and then somebody will crack a joke and then you'll be fine you know it's like just do the fucking job 
Listen to a cassette tape of prank calls. Yeah, exactly. Play radio baseball. Uh, whatever. What do you What do you guys make of this? A few. The, the article says a few tours ago, a woman doing merchandise for the band, who was also on her first tour ever, accidentally put the wrong gas into the van, and the band was then told that it might ex- uh, if they turn the van on, it might explode. The wrong gas. Yeah. So I'm thinking they have a diesel sprinter and they put regular gas in it. Yeah, that they makes have sense. them in diesel. Yeah, most I, I think a lot of a lot of touring vans are diesel because it's uh, more economical. Was it like the first time they stopped to get gas? I don't. I think it was her first tour, and then they go on to talk about how you have to be resourceful, and instead of quitting the entire tour because someone put wrong gas in their van, they just got a different van and went to the venue. Why couldn't you just get the get the get the wrong gas siphoned out of the engine? Uh, out of the, the gas tank. Well, when you put, the, put when you put the wrong gas in a in a Mercedes Benz Sprinter, you have to throw it away. Yeah, you have to drive <laughs> it into a river. Yeah, it's true. You have to abandon it <laughs> at the side of the road, and you have to tape a sign on it that says uh, "Do not turn on." It might explode because yeah. we put uh, fifteen cents worth of gasoline in the diesel tank. Exactly. Or you should try to sell the van to your enemy. Like, if I was these guys, I'd be trying to sell that van to the chain smokers. And then once <laughs> yeah. they start it up and it explodes, then uh, these guys are free to be the next chain smokers. Well, hey, see you guys at the festival, all right? <laughs> no, the chain smokers use Epstein's plane. Yeah. <laughs> no one's using it. Imagine the younger generation of, like, elites where they're like, I never got my chance to go to Epstein's Island, you know? If this all happened five years later, I would have been there, but now I'm never going to get to go. Mm -hmm. Those people would have ruined the island. They would have turned it into Fire Festival. They would have just been. They didn't have the class of the older generation. (laughs) They would have just been on their phones the entire time. Yeah. Yeah, these are real live kids. Why are you on your phone? Killing the vibe, man. (laughs) I think from reading this, though, I do have sympathy for the band to some extent, like to some extent, because they're like, the interview is obviously very contrived and very forced, where it's just like, yeah, you know, we're on the road, and then you do one hour of a show, and then you're back on the road. Like, they don't have anything to say. No. No, they don't want to be doing it, and they shouldn't want to be doing this interview. So in that sense, I kind of feel for them. I do, too. And, yeah, there's just, there's no story here, you know? There's there's nothing really to talk about. It's, it's just a van. You know, like, they're just, they're turning around in a van. That's it. Band has van. Well, I'll tell you, there is a story here, and that story is many camper van enthusiasts use the Mercedes-Benz Sprinter as their van conversion body of choice for traveling. That's true. A topical, important story at a time when touring is more important than ever. There are, uh, I was just thinking, there are varying quality of uh, Sprinter van interiors. Like sometimes, sometimes you get like the sort of airplane seat that's like private, you know, like comfortable form fit and then you got like the bench seat sprinters there's a real rainbow of sprinters this one looks really nice this one looks like a good sprinter not a bad one yeah they knew they were going to be doing this uh paid article so they had to give them top of the line i'm seeing a bag from whole foods in here these guys are these guys are living high on the hog yeah they're definitely not trying to uh, make the most out of their revenue there if it's not from a rest stop you're a loser yeah i'd say you want to uh save money um shop at kroger you know, don't go to Whole Foods. Go to go to Love's Truck Stop and uh, eat a pepperoni stick. That's see, that's smarter branding right there. Where Wolf Parade's got to do the pepperoni sticks at the Love's Truck Stop. <laughs> exactly. You should get sponsored by Slim Jim. Each one of you could have a different like flavor of of uh, like the Spencer Sopra Sada or whatever. You know. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I would, I would like to get sponsored by the um, the hot dogs that roll on that conveyor belt at uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> every TA truck stop. Then, like, the jalapeno. Like- at you guys shows the uh, like projections behind you could just be hot dogs rolling in the thing. <laughs> that uh, honestly, if if that got suggested, it would unanimously pass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, doing these kind of weird sponsored things is nothing new, of course. And another one that we were talking about before we started recording is maybe like ten-ish years ago when Denny's did like the rock star menu. This was like mostly pop punk bands, but a couple of like outliers who each had a dish named after them at Denny's. And I think that's basically it. Like there was no rhyme or reason to it. No, actually, actually there was a, there was a whole other thing to that, which was, uh, Denny's was reaching out to not just like big bands, not just big menu item bands, (laughs) but, uh, they were reaching like they reached out to uh, Handsome Furs and possibly Wolf Parade. I can't remember, but um, but they had this late night rock and roll Denny's thing where you would partner with Denny's and you could eat for free at Denny's, but you had to immediately leave the show after you were finished playing and go to a Denny's where you would meet your fans and hang out. Oh man, and not that have, sounds so and, bad. And not have drinks and just be in a fucking brightly lit Denny's. <laughs> Which is like, I mean, we were talking about touring, but like, you're, I mean, one thing that's not inaccurate about that Mercedes-Benz article is that most of your day is spent traveling and getting ready for show. And it is grueling to a certain extent. Like if you're driving eight hours to Salt Lake City, and then, you know, sound check, then you're playing a show, you, you spend all your energy, 90 minutes, two hours, you decompress for five minutes, and then you get in a van and drive to a Denny's, and yeah. <laughs> and you do that every night. <laughs> I, just like, I would kill myself. You might myself. see some good fights, though, That's depending true. on what time of day you go. I was going to say you could see Kid Rock in a scuffle, but that was a Waffle House where he had his scuffle. He's sponsored by them. He can only have scuffles at, at Waffle House. Yeah, yeah no. see, that actually makes sense. Of if you're actually getting into fights at a restaurant, I think you should get sponsored by them. But yeah, like, absolutely. If, if Handsome Furs wasn't getting into fights at Denny's, then why would you ever do that promotion? You know? <laughs> yeah, totally. You gotta get in fights at Denny's. Yeah, just like sadly cracking my knuckles and uh, and trying to figure out who I'm gonna throw my like uh, moons over Miami at. You know. Yeah, on the first couple stops of the tour, the fights were really natural, and it was like, I hate that guy. But then by like the 14th show, you're just like picking on an old lady, like, come yeah. over here. You That's know? right. You want some of this? Starting a fight in yeah. Denny's is like, it's like prison. You got to pick the biggest, meanest person. <laughs> you find the guy with the biggest stack of pancakes. Yeah, that's you just right. wallop him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You say it's up to me. You, know, you, you take your pinky finger and you look him right in the eye. And you get real close to him, and then you just nudge his pancake stack over so it falls over. <laughs> and then as you walk away, you like pour the syrup on the table, like I'm out, like a yeah. mic drop almost. Yeah, exactly. That's how Denny's. Yeah, that's, that's when your started. heart is in it, though. When your heart's not in it, you're just walking up to a family of four and like picking on some little kids, and yeah, everyone. The kids start crying, and then you start crying. You're like, what? Where did I go <laughs> yeah. wrong? Yeah, what do I do? I don't even like Denny's. I just want to be at the hotel. I just want to be eating hummus in the green room. Actually, like. So uh, just thinking about like why it was bands like Sum 41 and Hoobastank who signed on to do this. I mean, I think on one side of it is most bands had too much self-respect to go to a Denny's right after the show. And it takes a certain kind of like thing. But I think there's another 
angle that at least from my perspective makes sense to me that like where are you going to find most Denny's? It's either like rural areas or suburbs or stuff like that. Yeah. And they also had country bands like Rascal Flats do it. And to me, it's like pop punk bands appeal to the suburbs. Rascal Flats appeals to the rural areas. Like these bands actually do have some kind of overlap with Denny's audience. Rascal Flats looked like a pop punk band. That mm-hmm. guy had the same haircut as Sum 41. I think oh, you're get, right. I'm looking at him now. <laughs> I think you got to think about the demographic of their fan base, too, which, you know, for the pop punk bands are going to be um, probably at that point, like under 18 or I guess in the States at 21, like under 21. So they're not drinking anyway. So why not take them to Denny's where they can't drink, you know? Yeah, exactly. It makes sense. Oh, and Katy Perry did one also, which also makes sense of like teen girls and stuff. What was her product sounded insane and awful. It, it was, was the hot and cold cherry chocolate cappuccino. Yeah. And uh, I guess the All-American Rejects had something called the All-American SOS, which I don't, I don't know what that is, um, but a menu item, like maybe a breakfast sandwich. Gym Class Heroes had a breakfast sandwich. <laughs> Good Charlotte had... Um, I forgot those guys existed. Good Charlotte had Band of Burritos. <laughs> <laughs> HBO should sue them for that. Band of, Band of Brothers. Yeah, is that a reference to Band of Brothers? It is a reference to Band of Brothers, uh, and it's a burrito, too, I guess. Uh, maybe what does that have to do with Good Charlotte? I, I have no idea, man. They're just referencing something else, not even the band? I'm just going to take a random guess that they must have had a song or album called that. Band of Brothers, maybe? I guess. Yeah. yeah it would have yeah. been really funny if right when the HBO show was airing, they called an album Band of Brothers <laughs> and still stole Valor. They had an album called The Wire before that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> now they have the Righteous Gemstones, their comeback album. They just, why does this keep happening to us? Yeah. I want to see what was on some of these dishes here, though. Dude, these sound pretty excruciating. Like Sum 41's uh, Sum Witch was a sandwich on French toast. That's already pretty aggressive with cheddar and eggs the way you like them and sprinkled with powdered sugar with hash browns and syrup in inside the sandwich yeah that sounds bad oh wait the hash browns are on the side but it's there's still a reason they don't regularly sell these items because no one wants these this shit they know what the perfect breakfast sandwich is they know what people buy what uh combination of ingredients people like and yeah. it's not these, which is why they wasted the recipes on some 41. I think it's a good test of your fans' loyalty, though. Of like, are you willing to go to Denny's and suffer through this like syrupy uh, French toast breakfast sandwich for your love of some 41? All right. Are you willing to get diarrhea? Yeah. Do you guys for think, your favorite band? Do, do Do you guys think that a um, when these bands were sort of approached by Denny's and they agreed that a they came up with these menu items themselves or B, they got a list of menu items and we're like, pick one of these and we're going to name it after your band. Oh, list yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like these places are so meticulous about what they introduce that there's no way they would let a band just go to <laughs> yeah. town on anything. It's so like focus grouped and clinical. Yeah. You're probably right. It would be cool if they did foods with bands whose names would like fuck up the name of the dish, like the poison burger. We met with Brett Michaels and now we're selling the Poison Burger. The Anthrax Burger. 
<laughs> yeah, the rancid burrito. Rancid burrito. <laughs> burrito. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. I would buy the rancid burrito. Fuck it. Why not? You got to imagine too. There's like a super fan who already liked Rascal Flats, but also likes going to Denny's, and then they got a tattoo of the unstoppable Rascal Flats breakfast from Denny's. <laughs> That's the purest American. Yeah, I would. You'd have to respect that man. It is one hundred percent corn. Oh yeah, why don't they have corn do one of these things? That's just a no-brainer. Yeah, flour tortilla tacos by corn. <laughs> <laughs> Freak on a quiche. <laughs> Freak on a quiche. <laughs> oh man, that's that's it right there. TGI Fridays. I hope you're listening to this. Spaghetti vetter, man. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Some of the puns for this Denny's menu are such a stretch. The great egg steak. It must be the great escape. But like that's so fucking. Lame. Who is that for? Is that blur? No, it's for boys Gwen like Stefani? girls. Boys like girls. Is. Oh yeah, I remember that. That was like um. It was sort of like power pop almost, but in the uh, like fueled by ramen. Okay, I idiom. Gotcha. Like it was sort of like cute is what we aim for, okay. but not as good. Yeah, and Dan, you're right. That's the Great Escape was a Blur album. So did they use the same album title as Blur like five years later? Or Stealing Valor, man. Yeah, there was a Gwen Stefani song. That's named a good. That too, that's a good bit that. too. Like. Just taking an album title from five years ago or something is so fucking funny to me. I like uh, just taking existing song titles and using them. Like I, I think that's, uh, I think that's fair game. Like if they're old enough, I think it's totally fair game. Oh yeah, there's, there's like a window where it becomes a reference rather than this came out two years ago and whatever, and I'm just <laughs> using it again. Yeah, exactly. Has anyone done the Let It Be thing again since the replacements? I don't. I think, think you're right so. that you could do it again because they waited just long enough to do it. And yeah, now, it's probably been longer. That was what, 1985? Yeah, it's, so that yeah, was like 16 years now. later. So, yeah, it's been uh, like 20 something years. Mm-hmm. The Let It Be album title has respawned if anyone wants to <laughs> claim it. Apologies to the Queen Mary. How long till someone can use that album title? They, uh, immediately. They can use it right now. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's it's uh, been like, like 15 years. 15 years? Time. Yeah, fair game. Wolf Mother is going to put out an album with that title. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to come back. That would be... And it's going to have the same cover, too. <laughs> so good. I think the Who Burrito was a pretty good name for Hoobastank, though. Is that the actual name of the thing? Yeah, it is. Um, again, like I th- it's got to be like they didn't choose what was in it. But if you had to reverse engineer a Who Burrito, I would never guess that it has chicken strips, pepper jack cheese, onion crispers... Uh, a, and tortilla what, chips. What is an onion crisper? Isn't that like the the gene splicing thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're genetically uh, genetically decanted um, onion-like things. I think it is the most common way to make a food like chain restaurantized is to just add er to it, like chicken blasters, chicken <laughs> chicken dippers, chicken dippers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, sausage crunchers. Yeah, that's that's exactly how you know that you're at like Bennigan's or whatever. What is a Bennigan's? Uh, Actually, I don't even know if they're open anymore, but it was like a TGI Fridays type of thing. Is TGI Fridays even still open? I feel like they are in like the suburbs. Uh, Devoika told me that TGI Fridays started as a like legit cocktail bar. Uh, possibly like a tiki, almost like a tiki bar that was supposed to be hmm. like a meeting place for like urban professionals and then spawned into uh, a family friendly restaurant. <laughs> That's like reverse bar rescue. Yeah, totally. <laughs> 
That's funny. Like, I think actually restaurants and bands have something in common in the sense of um, the kind of bands that, you know, quote unquote, like sell out and end up in a weird place from where they started. Uh, that same thing happens with like chain restaurants where even something like Shake Shack right now is in that period of like huge growth where five years from now, anyone who goes to like a Shake Shack will never have, would never even think that it was like a cool thing when the first like one or two of them were open in New York. And that's the same thing with certain bands who like, uh, actually even good Green Day or something where like people really like those first couple Green Day albums before their like major label deal and shit. And then at this point, Green Day is just like the most obnoxious shitty band on earth. And like, if you're not of a certain age, you won't even remember that Green Day was ever something else, you know. The the early the early Green Day records would be like like uh, like when Chipotle had three locations, or yeah, exactly. When Chipotle was like a neighborhood restaurant. <laughs> and in both of those cases, it's like a choice that you make of just like fuck it, we're going for it, you know. Yeah, massive growth. The good times yeah, are I never gonna end, man. <laughs> Yeah, I want that Business Insider feature story, you know? Yeah. I want the Who Burrito. I want my rancid burrito right now. Yeah. <laughs> trying to think, Wolf, Wolf Parade, probably Wolf Parfait, maybe? Yeah, that seems pretty good. Just a big, dumb Sunday. They definitely want to keep you away from anything with meat just to avoid, like, the wolf connotation. Mm-hmm. There are probably some states where you can eat a wolf. Alaska. Should be every state. We need to get them off their streets. That's right. Thin the herd. Um, what else do we got here, though? Oh, Alex, you were going to talk about uh, the Guns N' Roses Dr. Pepper thing that happened in, like, 08. Oh, yeah. There was a Dr. Pepper advertising campaign where they said they would give everyone in America a free diet Dr. Pepper or maybe regular Dr. Pepper if Guns N' Roses didn't put out Chinese democracy before the end of the year. And they didn't, and then they gave everyone uh, who signed up on the website a coupon. And I found uh, there was a program that would let you insert uh, random names with your address. <laughs> and I, I ran it for a while, and it was just like not even random names, just like ZZXYABC, just random nonsense names first and last name and i got a stack of envelopes in the mail in, <laughs> with like with like a rubber band around it and then like a question mark written on the top one <laughs> from the postmaster or whoever and it was just a bunch of coupons for a free thing of diet dr pepper oh man and i probably used like three of them sweet because it's really it doesn't taste that good <laughs> it was the principle of doing that to this corporation exactly <laughs> yeah uh, my friend in high school had a similar story where, like, he worked at Target, and so did I, actually. Um, and he, re like, because he worked at Target, he realized they had this promotion for a free chocolate bar, but it didn't say limit one per customer on the coupon. So he printed off, like, well over 200 or 300 of these coupons, and they just <laughs> bought, or, like, bought, you know, for free every single one of those chocolate bars in the store, and they let him do it. And it was at least 200 of them, like... It's so funny. What like, a cucked store. Yeah. <laughs> you got to beat that kid up. And that was the same thing as you where he's like, I don't want all these. He just gave me like 40 of them and, you know, we're just like, no one's finishing them. That would be an amazing remake of Punch Drunk Love where instead of putting coupons, it's just like a very limited scam to get free chocolate bars for like 50 of your friends. 
Yeah. What you got to do is get all the free chocolate bars and go into the store's bathroom and then try to flush them all down the toilet so it clogs up the toilet. <laughs> and then you just walk out with nothing in your hands. <laughs> I also like the whole Dr. Pepper thing is like trying to do a class action lawsuit to yourself. Basically, yeah. you owe You owe like a quarter million people one dollar. You have to like deal with the paperwork. And the yeah, for something completely yeah. unrelated to you. Yeah. You're just bleeding like, money, shipping fucking Dr. Pepper. Uh, yeah. You're just giving out like... Ten million dollars just to spite <laughs> Axel Rose, <laughs> who has nothing to do with Dr. Pepper in any way. But if the money runs dry, then we're going to see a Business Insider article of Axel Rose just being like, "Well, you know, on the road, I always reach for a Dr. Pepper. You can find it in every city. So mm-hmm. when I'm doing 21 shows going through New York and Austin, I'm going to reach for Dr. Pepper first and foremost." A different guitarist did each show. Yeah, I can't rely on my guitarist, but I can rely on Dr. Pepper to be there every time. (laughs) It's the only constant in this band that I've strung along for too many years. Fueled by Ramen should change their name to Fueled by Dr. Pepper. Or Fueled by Denny's. Fueled by Denny's. Or at least one of the brands of Ramen. Say Top Ramen. At least get paid for it. Would be, okay, if you're Fueled by Ramen, you change to Fueled by Dr. Pepper, but you only do it as a ploy to message um, like a different soda company, like, uh, I don't know, Mr. Pib, and you're like, hey, pay us and we'll change our name. Otherwise, we're going to keep advertising your opponent. (laughs) And you're really just trying to blackmail them because Dr. Pepper never paid you, you know? What is it? Didn't Bone Thugs and Harmony recently change their band name oh shit you're right that's a good one we should we should uh, look up an article about that boneless thugs in harmony boneless thugs in harmony yeah actually this is so much worse than what we're talking about like poor guys what are they yeah thinking? well they're thugs this is their just desserts <laughs> yeah they, they asked for it by being thugs they should have been more respectful to the police Funny, their Wikipedia entry still calls them bone thugs in harmony so hmm. yeah I guarantee they're just gonna like switch it back once their contract is up, but basically bone thugs became boneless thugs, uh, to get money from Buffalo wild wings. I pulled up a Rolling Stone article about it and it's already just so bad of like, it's almost unheard of for musicians to change their name after 25 years, especially when that change is part of a marketing campaign for an American casual dining restaurant known for their chicken wings. Like what a run on lead. That's really good writing. That right is there. And then, They trip themselves up with a parenthetical where they say, in either a coup for marketing professionals everywhere or a sign that no one are immune to capitalism's allure. In the the parentheses, they had hip-hop groups. So they thought hip-hop groups are, but obviously it should be no one is. But, you know, like, there's like, man. Rolling Rolling Stone, Stone, F minus. There's no copy editing going on over there. They're rolling doobies over there. They need to get down to business. I guess the band, the individual band members also change their names to Wish, uh, Wish Boneless, Crazy Boneless, and Flesh and Boneless. Oof. Which, which that I feel bad for these guys. Like, uh, oh, Lazy Lazy Bone is not on board. Ooh, yeah, you're right. Only three out of the four changed. 
Uh, he said, "Oh man, that's so sad." You know that it was like an internal conflict then. Yeah, they just they just completely block voted against him. Like, oh man. Uh, according to Seth Freeman, the CMO of Buffalo Wild Wings is a complicated, non-monetary reason for the name change. These boneless wings are so good. What if they made Bone Thugs and Harmony have an identity crisis? He wrote in a statement. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Got it. And then, <laughs> to the credit of. Uh, the next sentence. In reality, the group's longtime manager says he was approached by a marketing agency a few months ago about the campaign. Three of the four were down with it, he says. Gee. Lazy Bone was hesitant, and he's still hesitant about it. He wasn't with it, but the three other gentlemen were. What a shitty thing to do to your bandmate. <laughs> I know. I mean, I can understand, uh, I can understand sort of trying to convince somebody to go on tour or play a festival maybe they feel uncomfortable with, but being like, hey man, so you're going to have to change your cool last name, cool last stage name uh, to uh, to Boneless because we want chicken wing money. <laughs> we're not going to give it to you, by the yeah, way. You yeah, don't you, get a cut. You, you don't get any, but we're doing it. You still have to do it or else we'll kill you. <laughs> when asked whether the group will change their social handles or release music under their new moniker, uh, Lobel was cagey. It's a lot of things they're working on, he continued. We have a lot of things that we can't discuss at the moment. Hmm. So Buffalo Wild Wings was hoping for this one Rolling Stone article, basically. Yeah, pretty much, man. That's what's especially sad about it is like they're the ones who agreed to do it. And then the whole point was just to get this press. Yeah. And, and again, then I'm very curious... Bone Thugs fans are like getting older. This isn't really aimed at like young people. And actually that makes sense why it runs in Rolling Stone here too, because its audience is not young either of like, yeah, that's right. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's like, like Gen X who I guess yeah. is who goes to Buffalo Wild Wings. I guess so. Like if you live in the suburbs, but you still like Bone Thugs are you and you want to see them do a stupid gimmick. Yeah, actually, that that makes me think, like, when these weird things happen, when these weird, like, just absurd, depressing partnerships happen, is it, are they based on, like, a shitload of marketing data, you know? like It doesn't it, seem like it. It doesn't seem like it at all. It, it seems like just kind of a shot in the dark. And also, I wonder if uh, Steve Lobel, their manager, was just reaching out to every franchise, like, within a certain range and being like... Hey, we'll literally sell anything. <laughs> yeah, that seems very likely. It's just who on both sides is willing to degrade themselves to get the money they need. Because, you know, print is dying on Rolling Stone's side. Revenue's drying up for musicians on Bone Thug's side. That's Advertisers right. are the only people in, like, the power position here. And they have no scrupules. So they have the yeah. upper hand and, like... They have no bottom to hit. So. Yeah, it's basically like when you, I mean, when you get a, like a licensing offer from, you know, like a terrible, a terrible TV show that you know has a massive budget, they'll generally, they'll generally be like, well, you know, we've already spent most of the budget, so the most we can give you is X amount of dollars, which is like in 2020, I'd say about one third to one quarter of what it was like 10 years ago, because I think they figured out they can just... They could just, music is the last thing they want to spend money on, you know? So, yeah, that's crazy. It's like, but that, but those, those offers always, you can tell who is in the position of power and who is, uh, 
who needs the dough, you know? <laughs> I think um, talking about marketing transitions well into another thing you found, Dan, of um, this press release about Live Nation teaming up with Shell Oil and Pennzoil. Yes. For Shell to become the official fuel sponsor and Pennzoil to become the official lubricant sponsor at Live Nation's amphitheaters across North America. Yeah, and this is in uh, this is in a publication called PR Newswire. So uh, in no way does it make an attempt to make this. The usually when people talk about these these partnerships, like the Denny's thing, the Bone Thugs thing, everybody involved knows that it's embarrassing for at least one of the parties, and they try and make it sound cool. And because this is just for PR reptiles, it's like there's no attempt to make any of this sound cool. They actually think it is cool. They're excited about it, you know? Dude, Pennzoil rocks. It makes your car so lubed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Pennzoil fan, and I'm like, man, Pennzoil really hasn't had any good sponsorship deals lately. So I'm about to light myself on fire with Pennzoil. I'm pouring it all around my apartment and over my head. And then I get this uh, PR Newswire article comes through my email because I'm subscribed. And it says, bam, Pennzoil teams up to become the lubricant sponsor of Live Nation. And I'm like, oh! <gasps> You, you punch a hole in the wall because you're so excited. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I can I can breathe again. Yeah, exactly. Um, if my favorite see, brand of motor oil doesn't like my favorite band, uh, I'm not buying it. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. You don't fuck with Pennzoil. I don't fuck with your band. That's true. That's true as well. Um, but in, to to celebrate the collaboration, they started a web series called Backseat Pass, a video series on a custom designed website with musical artists performing a song in the backseat of a moving vehicle, bringing to life <laughs> the natural connection between music and cars in a compelling way. Amen. So it's carpool karaoke, yeah. but worse. <laughs> exactly. Somehow Even more they found soulless. a way to make it worse. I love, uh, I love the copy in this is just so bloodless and amazing. Like, uh... As the official fuels and lubricant sponsors of eight Live Nation venues in North America, Shell and Pennzoil will have naming rights on VIP pavilion decks and parking lots, providing impactful and relevant places to engage consumers through the summer, the unrivaled season for music. I love engaging <laughs> consumers. Especially during the unrivaled <laughs> season uh, of Oh of my music. god, that season truly has no rival. Winter I can't is, think of a rival to it. Winter looks like a fucking pile of shit compared to summer in terms of seasons for music. Oh, for sure. One, it's warm. Yeah, exactly. You can be Two, outside. the Bam. sun's out. Three, no snow. That's right. Four, no rain. <laughs> no thunderstorms. <laughs> it's summer, baby. Man, you just know that this press release was passed back and forth by like three PR guys from... Pennzoil, Shell, and Live Nation, and they probably quibbled over things like that. Of like, can we really say that there's no snow during the unrivaled season? And to what extent is the unrivaled season unrivaled? And you know, like just making the language more and more clinical as they go along. They were all super happy with it, though. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, they loved it. They high fived each other after this was over. Oh, OK Go was part of this, and Plain White Tees. Nice. Oh, cool. Fan. Uh, uh, this is this is great. Um, other popular, uh, Madeline Bailey and other popular artists in the in a variety of genres such as rock, alternative, and indie. Fans will be able to sit in the back, buckle up, and watch these performances that are being recorded 
from inside a customized SUV while cruising through Los Angeles. <laughs> cruising? It's literally carpool karaoke. Sucks Damn. ass. That is so shitty. Also, mentioning so the plain white tees was in that. We forgot to mention them on the Denny's menu. They had the plain white tees, plain white shake. <laughs> and also, I had no idea there's five guys in that band. Wasn't their hit like just acoustic guitar and vocals, basically? Yeah, it's pretty much like acoustic guitar and one guy singing, right? Yeah, maybe yeah, there was drums, just one but I don't even know if there was drums on it. How do they have five fucking guys in that band? Well, maybe they had more songs than just the one. They had another song that was exactly the same as Hey There, Delilah, and it was called like one two three four and it was counting isn't that it a, was really bad isn't that Are you a, sure that wasn't black eyed peas i thought that was a feist song counting was really big for yeah that a while. was a yeah. it's like yeah it's like that one but dumber and like with less instrumentation i don't want to believe this is true but i know in my heart that it is and and it fucking sucks but um once once the plague has subsided like uh once the plague waters retreat back and we all come out of our homes and start consuming entertainment again, I have a feeling that uh, acoustic instruments and like folk adjacent music is going to make like a huge comeback because again, because they're going to remind people of something that's like real, you know, that's uh, yeah, that's organic. a good point of like, because oh, we because, just got over that the last time. Because right now, everyone's social life basically just sounds like a Death Grips album. Like, you know, so it's like no one's going to want to hear anything apocalyptic, distorted. They're just going to want the sweet sound of like a bearded idiot hooting over uh, a plucked guitar. It's going to be Iron and Fire. No, I think like, it's going to be like a recession era uh, dumb dance pop, like the Black Eyed Peas and LMFAO. Yeah, that's, that's what's going to come back. That's actually a good call. Yeah. Yeah. I Once can people can go sure. back to partying in real life, they're going to want songs about partying. Yeah. Hot jazz is going to make a big comeback, like, uh, like post depression jazz, you know? <laughs> I wish that'd be way more left field. But you're right. People are going to want more music that describes to them exactly what they're doing at the time. So you're going to have to have songs about dancing. And then you're right, Dan, that uh, it's a superficial way to feel like you've learned to live in a back to basics way of like, I don't need anything but an acoustic guitar and a couple vocal harmonies. That's right. You know, I learned to rough it. You know, it's just it's very simple stuff. Real music made by real instruments, man. LMFAO is going to come back and have a sequel to Shots that's about taking more and more edibles <laughs> from a dispensary <laughs> <laughs> because you think it isn't doing anything. I actually want to hear Satan. that. I hope they do. And it's it's going to be backed up by a ragtime piano and like somebody hitting like a wash basin with a stick. Oh yeah. Oh, I can't wait for that. It's going to be great. So the, the Pennzoil thing, I just want to keep reading this press release because it's very good. The footage of artists performing is captured by Live Nation and distributed for fans on a Pennzoil branded microsite, PennzoilBackseatPass.com, that also features a fan-facing promotion awarding a lucky fan with a VIP flyway experience to a Live Nation festival of his or her choice and content highlighting Pennzoil's new product technology. What? That's what you win? You win content? <laughs> you win content highlighting, highlighting You get to watch more commercials is the way you win? 
That's so cool. That's, oh. that's what you win. That's why it's aimed at Pennzoil fans, not music fans. It's rocks. Finally, something for me, the Pennzoil fan. That's right. I'll tolerate music, but it has to be in the service of motor oil. So, I mean, I think on that note, we got to um, just plug our new uh, Pennzoil branded microsite for Fortune Kit. It would be uh, funny if working... South by Southwest went back on right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're going back on. If the CEO of South by Southwest was like, uh, you heard the president, guys, we're, we're fucking, we're firing it up. We're, uh, we are mixing weak margaritas. We're constructing, uh, we are, we are pulling all of the very angry sound guys out of retirement. Um, it's like a flash rave or whatever. That would be amazing if like, yeah, it's South by Southwest, but it's on Easter. We changed our minds. Uh, uh, the disease, it's not that bad. It's fine. It's fine. You guys are all fine, and uh, and we need to put South by Southwest back on. We need to put America back to work. Don't worry about it. Go buy some stuff. Yeah, please, please buy some stuff. I'm not going to go there on my own will, but if I win a VIP flyway experience of my choice uh, that with content highlighting Pennzoil's new product technology, then you might see me there. Their new product technology is that they put the motor oil through a Brita filter. <laughs> I can't remember who started this bit, whether it was Tom or someone else, but the idea like with gas prices and like oil prices being so low of just buying one barrel of oil to hold on to as an investment. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should each just do that. You can make um, a cool 20 off of that. Yeah. We're going to sell Fortune Kit branded oil. I think that's, a, I think that's our best move. We should sell, yeah. it, sell it back to the government when they want to nationalize it. Easy money. No, I think you sell it to fans of like... Who's willing to pay top dollar for oil? If nations aren't right now because prices are so low, fans are. You need every band and every podcast, everybody out there needs to have their own branded oil. You're just shipping like one gallon to each fan. You autograph right. the little like, you know, thing you ship it in. It's kind of like it's how Patre Patreon has totally, uh, totally broken the sort of economic uh, stasis that the music industry was in by connecting fans with people who make content uh, and they could go one step further by connecting fans with our bands with and, and podcasts with people who want oil for their cars or to heat their homes with $5 yes. a month. We'll tell you what's the best oil brand, especially Depends with um, Patreon's thing where they'll ship merch for you. <laughs> just be like, okay, dudes, thanks for helping us do this. Here's our merch. It's just about 10 barrels of oil. Uh, it's crude, so if you could refine it for us and then ship it to our fans, that would be yeah. fantastic. And then you if you cannot send it via the Persian Gulf, that would probably be uh, ideal. <laughs> that would be optimal. And then you got to team up with like friends and adjacent uh, uh, people at Patreon pages and form like a kind of, uh, let's see, like a, almost like a union, like an OPEC-style thing. You guys just start fixing oil prices on the Patreon market. So like E1 and Wolf Parade and Chapo FYM and everything have some guys in like the Strait of Hormuz just uh, <laughs> holding it down for us. Yeah, exactly. Shooters. Yeah. <laughs> I say I think the smart thing to do around there right now is just ally with Iran because they're looking for allies in the West. Yeah, absolutely. I think bands and podcasts need to be the ones to kind of make that di diplomatic outreach. Yeah, we need to ally with Iran and Hezbollah. Uh, Hezbollah can be the muscle and, uh, and then, yeah, I literally, then we can start. not even joking. I would literally sign a sponsorship deal with Hezbollah before like any American corporation. Uh, me too. 
So yeah, I mean, everyone, everyone listening, look out for our upcoming uh, parody, 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 satire, parody. Hezbollah sponsored tour of major population sites. Uh, uh, manufacturing bases, uh, uh, military installations, parody. Yeah, get your um, crude oil on Patreon right now. 